Welcome to AFS Beneath the Surface, the podcast of the American Fisheries Society. Today's interview is the first of two conversations with the 2024 AFS Second Vice President candidates. AFS officers serve a five-year term, rotating through the offices of Second Vice President, First Vice President, President-elect, President, and finally, immediate past president. So this year, AFS members are voting on their president for 2028. The AFS election will be open from March 22nd through April 26th. To vote, you must be a current member of the American Fishery Society at the national level. If you're not sure about your membership status, feel free to ask by emailing us at membership at fisheries.org. So I'm joined today by Lori Martin, who is one of the 2024 second vice president candidates for the AFS officer team. And Lori, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with me. Um, how are you this morning? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Lauren. Good. I really appreciate the opportunity and am excited to visit with you today. It's a cloudy, somewhat <laughs> cold day in, in western Colorado on this Groundhog Day. So um, <laughs> anyway, it's it's nice to visit with you. Thank you. Of course, of course. So can we start out, can you tell us a little bit about your professional background and some of the involvement you've had in the past with AFS? Sure, you bet. I have nearly 32 years of service with the state of Colorado uh, mm -hmm. as an aquatic biologist, and I really started my career at, at an early age. Actually, at the age of 15, I was a high school oh, student, wow. and I, I had an opportunity to pilot a statewide citizens science water quality monitoring program known as Riverwatch through the Colorado Division of Wildlife. And I really think that's when my career started. I certainly had exposure to the great outdoors and to fishing when I was young with my family and, and so on and so forth. But my career really started when I had the opportunity to volunteer for the Division of Wildlife and continued to grow with all of the mentoring opportunities that I had with the Division of Wildlife in Colorado, that provided even more opportunities to become more involved with aquatic biology and aquatic wildlife management and the aquatic sciences. So really pushed me down the path of earning my bachelor and master's degrees in biology. Mm -hmm. Shortly thereafter, I had an opportunity for my first permanent position with the state of Colorado, and that was as an aquatic biologist with the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment's Water Quality Control Division. Okay. So I was there for about three years and helped them establish surface water quality standards for streams and lakes across Colorado. And then I had a unique opportunity to join the Colorado Division of Wildlife, which is now known as Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Okay. And circle back with that agency on the west side of the Continental Divide as a non-native fish control biologist. And so I transferred over to Colorado Parks and Wildlife and was in that position for five or so years. And then still within CPW, I had an opportunity as an area aquatic management biologist in mm -hmm. 2006, focusing on the Grand Junction area in western Colorado with 
primary assignments to survey and, and manage sport fish as well as native fishes and amphibians. Then I moved into about 10 years later, had an opportunity to promote into a regional supervisor position where I oversaw the cold and warm water sport fish management and conservation of native aquatic species within the Colorado River Basin. Oh, cool. And yeah, it was very cool and something that I really enjoyed and had a great staff. And so we, we really were a great team. And I had a milestone approaching in September of 2022 mm-hmm. when I was turning the big 5-0. <laughs> and I had uh, really kept true to myself and a long-term goal of retiring when I turned 50 um, because I really wanted to be able to enjoy the resources that I had worked so hard for for 30-some years while I still could physically. That makes sense. And so I was fortunate to be able to do that starting at such a young age. However, that was very (laughs) short-lived, about four months or so. And I just recognized a need for further fulfillment and wanting to get back involved with my colleagues and some pressing aquatic issues and really focus on some work that I never really had time to do when I was in my supervisory role at CPW. So I returned to CPW as what I refer to a seasoned aquatic technician. (laughs) And I'm currently collaborating with internal and external stakeholders to review and provide recommendations for regulations and policies that guide aquatic wildlife management across Colorado. In a nutshell, that's my history in terms of the professional background. And then my AFS involvement really is a little, I think, unlike most or or many folks involved with AFS in that I was already a professional level aquatic biologist when I was really first engaged and introduced to AFS. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was in, in my early career and I had several colleagues mention to me that they were planning to attend the annual meeting of our home chapter, which is the Colorado-Wyoming chapter, in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Okay. I thought, well, this would be a great opportunity to learn more about AFS. I was aware of AFS, but I'd never been exposed to it in my educational opportunities. And so I attended that annual meeting in March of 2001. I was hooked. <laughs> and I, I just loved it. I felt very welcomed, and I thought, how cool is this to be with a, involved with a group of people that have the same passion for aquatic resources and are doing very similar work that I could collaborate with. And so very quickly, I found myself involved with many of the various committees within the chapter, mm-hmm. uh, presenting scientific papers at the chapter meetings, and uh, was fortunate to be elected by the membership to the chapter executive committee. Okay. And I served four years on the executive committee. And as part of that process, I started learning more about other governance within AFS and was fortunate to be elected as vice president and within the governance roles leadership team of the Western Division. Mm-hmm. And again, in that role began to understand more of the workings of the society at the national level 
sure. and served on the management committee and the governing board and partnered with many of the division chapters, just learned a lot more about how the society functioned. And then when I moved into that managerial position that I mentioned earlier with Colorado Parks and Wildlife, I really felt like I needed to take a step back from AFS because I realized real quickly that I wasn't going to be able to devote the time and attention that both needed in relative to my position with CPW and also into roles that I wanted to pursue with AFS. So I stepped back a bit from AFS and really focused more of my AFS energy at the chapter and, and division levels. And that's really where it stayed okay. um, for the last few years. I'm currently serving in several roles with the Colorado Wyoming chapter, and I fill the role of the chapter archivist right now okay. and have for the last four or five years. Sure, so. sure. That's cool. Yeah, cool. I, I'm laughing at your uh, not being so great at retiring. It makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people say that late recently. Yes. Um, so I, yeah, I feel like you've kind of come full circle and run the gamut with different experiences within an AFS. So why then did you decide that this would be a great idea to run for a national officer position? Well, certainly I'm in a position now where my time and attention that really AFS requires and deserves is available. I feel like I can really purposefully focus on AFS matters, and really by doing that I can fully contribute successfully to the AFS leadership team. Mm -hmm. My AFS batteries, so to speak, are recharged, (laughs) having uh, stepped away for a bit. And Certainly, I'm a lifelong learner. I love the opportunities for challenge and to challenge myself both professionally and personally. And I see myself being able to accomplish that within this opportunity as as a candidate for the second vice president position. I also just continue to be inspired with all of the initiatives and the work of AFS. Every time I talk with others that are heavily involved, it's just, I think that passion is reignited to some extent. And I'm excited to make a positive difference and and really to contribute to a society that has provided me with so many opportunities across my career, both professionally and, and personally. And so I'm really looking forward to this opportunity to work alongside the AFS membership in this capacity. That's awesome. It does sound like things have kind of settled on the Colorado side and more time to devote to other projects. So that's fantastic. Yes. Um, so based on, you know, what you've told us about your experience, both in Colorado with AFS at various levels, what do you think you would bring to the officer team that maybe others have not thought of before or, you know, your unique perspectives? Sure. For one, I think maybe a new perspective, especially since I've had a bit of a break from AFS at the national level. And and sometimes I think being able to step back provides a bit of a different vantage point. Mm, Fair enough. Um, And so I think that's maybe a, a consideration, certainly, that I could bring to the officer team. And several other perspectives, although I don't know that they're necessarily unique or even unique in the sense of being considered unique to the AFS officer team per se, but just 
the ability to listen and to understand differing perspectives from all sides of the table. Mm-hmm. And it's that notion, the Stephen Covey notion of seek first to understand and then to be understood. Oh, that's good. Trying to put myself in other shoes to see other perspectives. And, and that's always helped me have a better understanding of what is important to others and, and really what their vested interests are so that we might be able to partner and collaborate toward a common goal. And, and certainly that doesn't always work out. But I think if you can learn to approach situations with that in mind, you can really make much more progress and learn learn in the process. Okay. Now that, that makes sense, and I'm going to steal your quote, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> so moving forward, I guess, into the future, so what kind of roles do you think AFS could fulfill in the future that we're not currently doing, and why do you think that's important? I think there are a couple of ways to to look at that. And I'm it's not necessarily I would say that we're not completely fulfilling. It may just be different approaches or different ways to um get at important topics. And mm-hmm. to some level this reverts back to the relevancy point. Right. And remaining relevant within AFS, but also remaining relevant and increasing our relevancy outside of AFS. And I think there's different ways to do that. And some of those involve incorporating and thinking about a human dimensions side of an importance related to social attitudes and behaviors and and how we maintain and enhance our natural resources. I think that's an important piece. And that also comes with professional development opportunities and increasing our professional toolkits, if -hmm. you will, with our members, strengthening our core internally so that we can have those conversations and the ability to really communicate with those within AFS, but then also external to AFS. And that's where that external relevancy comes and the ability to tell our stories in understandable terms okay, and being sure. very purposeful. So I just kind of threw out a lot of different thoughts there, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think there's a combination of different aspects and factors that we can focus on that can really contribute to our success and relevancy within our membership and then also outside of AFS too. Okay. You brought up the word relevancy, you know, within the membership. That's something we talk about a lot. And sure. How do you think it's possible to be relevant both to current undergrads who are just starting their careers all the way through, people who are thinking about retiring, do you think the messaging differs based on where in their careers people are coming from? Or is this something, or is fishery something more universal that when we put out messaging, it can be kind of a broader way of thinking about things? Right. Yeah. And I think that's a great question because I think it is different. I think there's components that are similar I think it's important to be aware and mindful that there are commonalities and similarities, but that there are also differences. Mm -hmm. And being able to rely on our members to help us understand what those needs are and what the requirements are 
through membership surveys. I think you Mm -hmm. all completed one in 2022. I believe it was the last one. And so being able to, I think that's great. I mean, you have to have an understanding of what it is that you're trying to provide and what members are looking for. I know we focus a lot on our students and young professionals And I think there's also something to be said for the continuing education, professional development side that really is great for the younger folks within AFS. But I think we all have (laughs) an interest and a lifelong love to learn. Mm -hmm, And so it's just a different way of approaching it. And it may be the different skill sets that we can acquire as we move through our careers. And I'm thinking of the ability to to combine mentoring and how important that is for those that are early in their careers, but also how rewarding it is for those of us that are further along in our careers. And so I think they work hand in hand and Emphasizing critical thinking and effective communication and selfless leadership, I think those are all pieces that help build and enhance our professional toolkits. So it's investing really in strengthening our core internally and then Mm -hmm. using our passion that is contagious for the work we do to share our, our enthusiasm and tell our stories. And by doing that, I think we can garner support for our aquatic resources and professions worldwide. And that's the relevancy externally. Yeah. Lori, you're making my to-do list longer and longer. (laughs) (laughs) Lots to do, for sure. (laughs) So taking a second, you had hinted at international partnerships, and that was sort of what I wanted to talk about next, which is AFS is involved in the World Fisheries Council this year. I'm sorry, the World Fisheries Congress. And last year, we played a role in the Latin America and Caribbean Fisheries Congress. So what is the role, do you think, for AFS in international partnerships and with international fisheries issues? I'm really glad you asked this because so oftentimes I think We get too narrowly focused in the work that we do and really don't think about how so many of the challenges that we are facing in our everyday jobs affect everyone, especially from a global perspective. And when you ask about international fisheries issues, it makes me think about those challenges that we have and turning to different units within AFS. And certainly, I really did not know the origin of the World Council of Fisheries Societies and AFS's involvement and role in this partnership. And I Mm -hmm. was reading up on the International Fisheries Section's website, and I was curious about the current president's work plan for 2023 and 2024. And something that really resonated with me with what he said was that so many of the challenges that we face are similar, but the needs and demands are very different worldwide. And that's why it's so critically important to have this collaborative engagement that can also facilitate, in his words, shortening the pathways to achieve management or conservation objectives. And So I think about the barriers that we continue to have in terms of language, geography, 
and time and how can we facilitate sound science that we all work with and contribute and produce within AFS to be able to further facilitate those worldwide issues, global issues that we're all facing with our neighboring colleagues. And just having the awareness, particularly as North American fishery scientists, of the needs and and contributions of our colleagues worldwide. And so I see AFS continuing to play a crucial role in that realm with just further collaboration and communication opportunities. Awesome. Okay, great. I'm going to ask you one more big question, and then we can kind of just chat towards the end. Obviously, there's a ton of issues out there that AFS could get involved in, such as climate change and diversity, equity, inclusion questions. So this is a two-parter. Like, How do we try to focus our efforts based on available resources and staff time and volunteer time? And are there specific issues that or policy programs that you think AFS should get more involved in? Sure. Well, I think we're really fortunate in the sense that so many of these challenges relative to aquatic conservation, we're not the only ones that are dealing with these challenges. You mentioned, you know, the impacts of climate change on our fisheries. And I think we're really fortunate in that regard to have the ability to partner with other groups and other organizations that are also challenged similarly. And, and what comes to mind is the Consortium of Aquatic Sciences. I think it's amazing to me that that group has formed, I believe it's nine organizations that AFS obviously is part of. And so partnering mm-hmm. with those groups, I think, is critical because likely they are in the same boat, so to speak, as us relative to limitations with resources, staff, volunteer time, that sort of thing. And so coming together and being able to be mindful of situations where we can collaborate and not really reinvent the wheel and learn from each other and be more resilient, I think those are good opportunities and we're fortunate that we have those. Alternatively, I would say that there are others that are also facing those similar challenges that are across disciplines and perhaps maybe the Wildlife Society and Coalition of Natural Resource Societies and Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies. And mm-hmm. um, and so I think those are opportunities to work together maybe with some non-traditional partners or others that maybe we haven't partnered with as recently and that have a bit of a different focus, but the same thoughts on conservation and aquatic sciences or that can relate to those. I think recognizing that there are so many other causes and organizations that are competing for people's right. time and mm-hmm. and how we approach that. And it gets somewhat back to the relevancy and being very targeted, a targeted approach and working through all the different units within AFS to do so. And also thinking about who our audience is and thinking about maybe we might want to think about possible relationships with 
sporting good retailers and others that uh, sure. we might have an opportunity to really be more collaborative with and to help tell our story and communicate the work that we do in understandable terms to the general public and those folks that are right. utilizing our resources. Thank you so much, Lori. I think you've given I think you've given everybody a lot to think about um, and given everybody a chance to get to know you a little better. If there's anything else you want to add before we log off today that's great. If not, that's fine too. I think I'm okay right now. So I great, I really great. appreciate the opportunity and the time and your efforts with the podcast. I think it's great that AFS is initiating their own podcast and I've already listened to the first two and was excited. And so, yeah, (laughs) I I just really appreciate being here and getting to visit with you today and other members of the society. And now AFS on the clock updates in less than 60 seconds. For the 2024 Honolulu Annual Meeting, the deadline for submissions for symposia, continuing education courses, and innovative sessions is coming soon, on February 23rd. Meanwhile, the World Fisheries Congress is coming up next month, on March 3rd through 7th. There's still time to register if you want to join us in Seattle. The AFS Fisheries Management section will be hosting a webinar on March 19th, focusing on statistics. Presenters include Jason Dahl, Dan Dombrowski, and Dan Iserman. Information about registration is coming soon. As we're growing this podcast, we'd love to hear what you think. Send comments to the AFS staff team via email or through social media. Also, please feel free to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon. Please join us next time for part two of our second vice presidential candidate interviews. I'll be visiting with Marlis Douglas on the next episode of AFS Beneath the Surface.